Blog Talk Radio. Hi everyone, this is Camille from sunny California, and you're listening to the Coffee Chat with Camille show, which is the podcast series that interviews various guests about real-life topics for people who love to learn. Hey everybody, Mm, it is Monday, January 30th, and our topic is Let's Chat About First-Hand Experience with Workers, i.e. Me Too, with Diane Hotz. About Diane Hotz, Diane Hotz worked at major and indie record companies in the 1990s. She's a co-founder of the Relay Avancing on the Who, which is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. She has master's in creative writing and recently published Rock Gods and Nazi Monsters, a satirical look at the 1990s music industry and a search for self. She also has a substack called Next Draft with Diane Hotz. For you, the wonderful audience, you can um, find her at www.dianehotz, spelled H-A-T-Z.com. Okay, and then I'll read more about it, but we have about 10 questions to get through for our magnificent interview. So let's um, let our wonderful guest, Diane, into the studio and give her a round of applause out there. Hi, Diane. Hi, Welcome. Hi. Welcome. How are you? Such a pleasure to have you. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> I'm going to uh, go ahead and get started with the Q&A because um, we have about 10 questions and 30 minutes. What is your book about? So Rock Gods and Messy Monsters is one woman's search for self within the crazy walls of a major record company in the 1990s. So I actually need humorous satire. It's fiction, but it's based on my experiences when I worked in a record company. So it's based in a record company, but it's really about what a lot of people go through when they are trying to establish a career, the abuse, the being overlooked, the stress. And, you know, what, what is a little disheartening for me is I saw recently that the UN did a big report on workplace, the workplace, and it's still mm-hmm. one in five people worldwide still suffer from violence at work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's horrible. Um, what is the book's message? The message of the book is that our, what what we think we want might not be what we really maybe I could say need, and that we need to keep our eyes open, and that whenever we're in a situation that isn't working for us, it's up to us to walk out the door or to do something about it, mm-hmm. not to just sit back and think things are going to change. Excellent. And then what was your inspiration for Rock Gods and Messy Monsters? <laughs> well, I have a master's in creative writing. I've always wanted to write books. Um, 
and I thought it's not smart to work in the field that you want to sort of be an artist in. So I always loved music. Like I'll work in the music industry and I'll write books. And it was so insane that the book just, it took five and a half years, but the book just sort of came out of me. So my inspiration was sitting in an office watching insanity happen around me every day. (laughs) Okay. And then is the book based on fact? It's not fact. It's based on experiences I've had, but it's fiction because it might be two people put into one or three experiences merged into one. Even, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to get into trouble. Like, this is not, trying to explain, this is not an expose on the music industry, but it's based on what happened to me. But there's aliens buy a record company. You know, and I, I did that because <laughs> foreign companies were buying out U.S. record labels. Rather than pick a country, like, let's just have it be aliens. So everything in the book is symbolic towards something that actually happened, but it's fictionalized. So like the aliens, they hatch a superstar, and the staff, their job is to turn this this half-human, half-robot into a rock star. Again, not real, but based on what I saw in marketing departments and how they would just sort of use cookie-cutter methods to try to uh, make artists famous. Oh, okay, and um, thank you. What was it like indie publishing your your book? Oh, oh. <laughs> I should have taken out stock in Kleenex. That's all I can say. Um, I wouldn't have it any other way. Traditional publishing. I believe traditional publishing has gone the way of the music industry. So what I sat through in the 1990s, I do believe is happening now in publishing. It's it's imploding. So I do believe that the future of publishing involves indie publishing. A half of all books were indie published last year. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like the Wild West right now. There's, there are some good people with good information, but it's a, it's a steep learning curve. And for anyone who wants to do it, I highly recommend it, but just come with a lot of patience and a sense of humor because things will go wrong, but that's how you learn. Okay. And then um, how are you promoting the novel, and uh, do you find it challenging as an indie author? Yes. I. It was very hard for me to accept the fact that with my, this is my first novel, it's very hard to gain traction, whether you're in a, in a traditional large publisher or if you're going indie. And there is one thing I'm sidetracking, but for people who are thinking about it, I make five times the amount of royalties than I would if I was with a traditional publisher. And out of that 20%, that much less amount, 15 or 20% of that would go to an agent. So just know that the rewards for indie publishing are much greater. Most people that go to indie publishers, I read somewhere where they said most authors don't sell more than 200 books at a traditional publisher. So don't think, a lot of people still have in their head that traditional publishing is going to do a lot for someone. What it does do is it helps with initial marketing, the launch, but even traditionally published authors now have to do their own, own marketing. So I I have to say that I am still figuring it out. I have just decided 
There's a company called Books Go Social. I'm testing them out. I'm doing Amazon ads through them because I spent three months trying to figure out Amazon ads. It's a mystery. Um, there are things, NetGalley, BookBub. I guess I'm dropping all the stuff and it'll make people's heads spin. What one has to do is just sort of test things out and see what works. My book is not a traditional genre, so it's not a romance and it's not young adult. And so I don't have a cookie cutter marketing plan I can use. I have to create it for myself. I personally find that in itself creative. So I know that there are more and more people who are offering marketing services for authors. Just you have to be very careful because they're going to ask for a lot of money and a lot of them are, are completely ineffective. Some are very good. So what I would recommend to people, there's a, um, there's a blog called Readsy, R-E-E-D-S-Y. They have great blog posts to read through them. They also have a marketplace where you can hire people. Because I assume they're vetted. I cannot, again, I cannot endorse them 100%, but I would say check them out and see if they work for you. So, you know, like with you, I'm doing podmatch to do podcasts. I did a virtual blog tour and just all this stuff. So my goal with all of this is not just to obviously sell the book, but I'm looking at writing a book on how to indie publish and market yourself because I did so much wrong, so much mm-hmm. wrong. Wow. Okay. That's, I'm, I'm going to look for that book because I definitely need it. Um, You recently changed careers to become a full-time writer. Tell me more about that, please. So in the height of lockdown in COVID, I decided that after 30 years in New York City, I just, that was it. So I packed everything up, moved to New Mexico, to Santa Fe, where I only ever spent one night, knew nothing about it. When my car wheels crossed the state line, I cried. I knew I'd made the best decision of my life. So moved here. It took about a year. I came as a New Yorker, and I'm like, I want to start a center for healthy food and meditation and all the stuff. So I took all these explorers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and then Delta hit and Omicron hit. So I ended up just realizing, like, I was in nonprofit food advocacy, just that life was just over. So it, it was sort of in two phases. Like I completely, I moved and completely geographically changed my life. And then I just shut my career down. A friend reconnected with me after about 15 years. She had found my book and she's like, I just read your book. I just closed the cover and I just quit my job. She was so inspired <laughs> by the book that she quit her job. Um, so I took the leap. She really, you know, I, I think it's really important that people have validation, which is why I'm big on writers groups or any type of accountability group, even if it's one other person, just to tell you that you're you're wonderful and to keep going and not to stop. Because I didn't have that. And with her, it really helped a lot. So she designed my book cover. Um, she now, her, she started her own company, which is getting off the ground. So it's funny, we're now actually talking about, I am a full-time writer, but we're talking about putting on a festival in the Berkshire, so I might go back into events. So we'll see. Um, what's so liberating is that when, when I left 
what I felt I had to do and move toward what I wanted to do, everything about my life changed. And no, I'm not rolling in dough, but I have never been happier. Um, And you'll hear that from a lot of people who finally pursue their dreams. You know, it's it's like very well-meaning people in my life encourage me to do the traditional, you got to work in a company, you got to be an executive, you got to, I'm like, and I, I wish I had done it younger, but I did it when I could do it. Um, and, and I think that's the whole quiet quitting movement. If you've heard about that, it's people are, are especially with the pandemic, they're like, life is short. Yeah. No, I'm not going to take your abuse. I'm not going to make money for somebody else and be treated like crap. So, so we'll see. I mean, I'm still, you know, at the beginning of it, I, I was fortunate I had been saving money. Why I thought I could buy a condo in New York City is beyond me. But I've been saving money for quite a few years um, to try to buy something. So I have enough savings to take a couple of years. Like I'm on sabbatical. I have a couple. I had saved enough, and I highly recommend that. If anybody really wants to pursue writing and you can save money up beforehand, save money up for a marketing budget, and then save some money to live off of, even if it's like three months, but just having the time to learn it all. If I had had a job, also, it probably would have taken five times longer. And you can do it that way. You know, I just refuse to work 24 hours a day like I used to. Yes. Okay. That's excellent. And then is the book still relevant in 2022 or 2023? Oh, beyond all of it. Like I said, they just did the first, I think it was a global report on workplace violence and it's prevalent everywhere and and it's yeah. not just violence like a boss hitting you it's you know I had a boss who came to me and said well you should take a pay cut and I had a lot of control over programs and stuff I did you shouldn't be making so much money take a pay cut you might think oh well that's just a comment no that destroys a person I got pushed out. Mm-hmm. I'm a little older, so I deal with ageism, which is so rampant. So the whole gaslighting thing is, it's, it's, it's a trendy term, but gaslighting is so prevalent in companies. When I was in the music industry, I first got hired at an indie label to use fans and, and have the fans help market the bands, which is basically what I did when I had the fanzine on the Who. But, you know, fans... The main thing I did is back then MTV had this dial-in thing where fans could dial in for their favorite video. This is when MTV still showed music. It worked really well. I got laid off from that, went to this other job at a large company. I mentioned this idea. No, 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 no. I mentioned it to a white male who brings it up in a marketing meeting, and the president of the record company said, that's a great idea because a male had said it. You know, that type of thing, I think, is so prevalent that sometimes people aren't even aware that they're being taken advantage of or being stepped over and that type of thing. And I Mm -hmm. just think in the 21st century that needs to change. Yeah. And then what are you um, working on now? So... The beginning of January, I just got the ebook 
the rock gods and the Nessie monsters up on its final platform. So it has taken months, and it just takes a long time. So I am just at the beginning of marketing and promoting the book. So I'm doing that. I am in the second rewrite of a new novel that'll be – I've decided to keep the main character from Rock Gods, and it's her 20 years later, and I'm writing a book about materialism, outer and inner. Uh, it, it, it's, a, it's eventually going to be her spiritual journey and her transformation and how she – it's still such for self. Um, and all this, I'll be flat out, is based on my life. Like, I have been on a spiritual quest for decades now and, and trying to find out, like, what, what's the point of life? You know, what is happiness? How can we find it? Or how can I find it? And then it, with the hope that I can then share that with other people. So I'm still writing books. And then, as I just mentioned previously, um, I'm looking at putting on a festival in the Berkshires for creative people. So it's by creatives for creatives, but very uh, sense-inducing. So it's to inspire creative people to be more creative and to, to build a community of, I don't want to say artists, all types of creatives. So it could be, you know, a programmer who does games or a comic book person or, or a painter or a sculptor. But to bring people together and through that energy, I hope we can mm-hmm. then build a movement to positive change. Oh, that sounds magnificent. And then, um, that sounds absolutely magnificent. Then what are you working, oh, I'm sorry, I asked you that. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, how can you, how can people stay in touch with you, Diane? Um, probably the best place, I have a substack called Next, Next Draft. I've chopped my name off, so I just call it Next Draft now. I, I've been changing what I'm writing about constantly. So it's really turning into uh, part of it is about indie writing. Part of it is just sort of my thoughts on things like with, I don't know if you've heard about chat, maybe is it chat GBT, the AI writing thing is going to totally change writing. It's like the movement that's already started to writing personal and about experiences. So it's, basically, it's really mm-hmm. my experiences and what I'm going through. So that's Diane Hatt. Um, it's D-I-A-N-E-H-A-T-Z dot substack, S-U-B-S-T-A-C-K dot com, uh, or dianehass.com. I think dianehass.com goes right directly to my substack. So that's mm-hmm. It I does. Have yeah. yeah, I have a Facebook author page. You just put my name in Facebook and author. Author okay. page will come up. Those are the beat. I mean, I'm on Instagram. I'm in a bunch of the stuff, but I'm not all that traditional social media, because of algorithms, et cetera, I'm just not a social media fan anymore. My Substack, I'm trying to, if anyone's a medium, if if, if they're on medium, I'm a partner, so I'm a paid medium writer, meaning really I pay them at this point. But if someone's on medium, they can find me on medium. So so Substack and medium are my two. And then I've started playing around with Mastodon because I can't deal with Twitter. (laughs) Okay. I know. All right. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. This is a wonderful, informative, positive, and inspiring interview. And I want to thank you so very much for taking the time to stop in here at Coffee Chat with Camille. Um, I'd like to know what is your favorite coffee or hot beverage? I I have a caffeine issue, so it's green tea. Green tea. Like, All like right. Himalayan, 
Yeah, organic hand-grown Himalayan green tea, or Nepalese green tea, Himalayan or Nepalese green tea. It's my favorite. Okay. Thank you so much. Excellent, excellent. Thank you, Camille. I do see in your future, I'm just going to put this out here into the universe, uh, a TV series or a movie. Because um, this has just been thrilling, and I had great visuals as you were speaking. Because so, I'm a I'm a fine artist, and so everything's visual for me. But uh, thank you so much, Diane, and best wishes thank to you. you and I hope to have you on in the future. You're very welcome. Bye for now. She's so cool. That was a great, cool, amazing interview with an amazing woman. Diane, and she's worked at major and indie record companies in the 1990s. She's co-founder of The Relay, a fan scene on The Who, which is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. She is a master. She has a master, excuse me. She is a master, actually. When I talked to her, I was like, whoa, she's like really uh, this uh, wonderful um a fireball of knowledge and uh, experience based on really incredible experiences also. Um, she has a master's in creative writing and recently published Rock Gods and Messy Monsters, a satirical look at the 1990s music industry and a search for self. She's also has, she also has Substack called Next Draft with Diane. I hope I'm pronounced. I forgot to ask about the pronunciation of the last name. Um, let's see here. I want to add just a little bit more. And uh, Diane's fictional novel, Rocking Gods and Missy Monsters, was published September of 2022. She also publishes Next Draft, as I mentioned twice, I think, with uh, Diane uh, Hot's a Substack or Creative Searching Inward. She's currently writing articles <clears throat> excuse me about the symbolism and meaning behind the scenes in her book as well as on indie publishing and promotion as she let us know held by Kirkus Reviews as a fast-paced entertaining comic treat and the best kind of absurdism from the independent book reviews Rock Oz and Messy Mustard is a humorous, fictional satire about discovering self-love. And um, did I say that? Yes. Yes. Ah, voila. During her sometimes surreal career, Diane founded a nonprofit, Change Food, worked to shut down factory farms, organized and spoke at major TED and TEDx events and executive produced the Matrix, a Webby Award winner. Oh, that's so cool. She, <laughs> she has studied with many spiritual teachers, including the Dalai Lama. Whoa, that's deep. I love him. Diane has a master's in creative writing and is currently focused on writing fiction. Okay, so um, I think she told us a little bit about... Um, moving and apartments and saving money, which was so brilliantly smart. I'm saving like Matt, too. I would suggest everybody does. I think we're, I don't know if we're headed to our economic collapse, and nobody wants to put out, like, all this 
terrifying news, but, you know, it really has to be very realistic about the economy. I don't know what it's doing, but in, in truth, it, it, it's not looking too hot. So save, save, save is correct. I think that's excellent advice. I save anyway, but I'm probably one of the most frugal people you'll ever meet in your life. <laughs> uh, but moving on. Uh, enough about me. We're talking about Diane. Sorry about that. Diane moved to Santa Fe, New Mexico. Oh, sorry, in the late 2020s, after 30 years living in downtown Manhattan. Um, and the East Village, those are really cool places. Diane moved to Santa Fe, New Mexico. That's another cool place. I, I love it there. When not at her computer creating, you can find her hiking, road tripping, or gazing at the stars, the real ones. <laughs> That's so funny. Okay, so we you heard about our social media handle. You can please go and, and please pick up her book. Let's support our authors, our creative writers, and um, in general, our creatives, okay? Because uh, we're also important to U.S. and to the world. I think uh, for fine artists, I read there's about 80,000 of us. And I received that uh, statistic actually from, um, what is it called? I can't think of it right now. But it's like the number one kind of like agency that an artist can sign up for or with, excuse me. They're they're based out of New York. And when it comes to me, I'll let you know. But they represent like Picasso and Warhol, Andy Warhol. Um, and different estates, okay? So, um, but they said that they represent about 80,000 artists. So there's probably a whole lot more. They're just, you know, sitting at, at offices. Um, and not to take anything away. I mean, after a while we settle down and stuff, it's a, kind of a part of our life pattern. Um, and then we kind of, um, well, you know, things happen. At any rate, I don't even want to go into all that. I want you all to really reflect and think on Diane and her comments and her her answers and her life and her suggestions um, to us out there that really need it and seek it at all ages, might I add, because every age matters. And uh, it's so unfortunate that corporates, corporations and others especially um, just around the world, do not appreciate all ages. We all matter, okay? And um, at any rate, on a, on a very high note, again, I feel quite thankful to Diane for stopping in <laughs> to this wonderful Grassroots Podcast. And um, as a matter of fact, you can find this episode on coffeechatwithcamille.com. And uh, generally, it's released right away uh, because I use uh, not Podbean. I use another one um, that escapes me right now because I am a little fatigued from studying most of the day and night yesterday. And uh, when I have to do, when I'm studying, I'm on a round-the-clock schedule, meaning I sleep for so many hours, and I get up, I study, study, study. I sleep. This is what I'm trying to knock something out of the ballpark. But, again, you can uh, find 
um, this episode that I had here with Diane. I don't know if we were really sticking to the title, but I, you know, sometimes I, I, I don't know, but close enough, you know. Um, at any rate, uh, coffee chat with Camille dot com. Thank. I want to thank everyone out there internationally as well. We've added on two new countries that are Australia. We have listeners in Australia. Hello, Aussies. And um, Portugal. Hello, out there, Portuguese. And um, I saw another one. Huh. Uh, okay, next next show. All right, I only have 70 seconds left. They're in my ear. Saying 60 seconds. <laughs> um, oh, and in the beginning of the show, if you hear me saying, I think, go to sleep. That's to my pets. They're always with me. So I have a brother and sister pair, little small dogs. All right. Thank you again for listening to Coffee Chat with Camille. And our special guest was Diane Hawks. All right. Thank you all. Have a really great week. Bye for now.